Jess. And I'm Tiff. And I'm Ava. And we're your Curious Cousins. Where we talk about everything kooky and spooky in the state of Oklahoma. Welcome to episode 31. Welcome. As you can tell, there is an extra cousin present today. Yes, it's my beautiful, amazing niece, Ava. Yay, Ava. She's Welcome also my cousin. Welcome to the show. Welcome. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. We're so glad to have you. We're so um, excited to have you. Tell the people a little bit about what you do. Hi, people. I'm Ava. <laughs> um, at my school, I am the founder and president of our Conspiracy Theory Club. Ooh. We are the truthers. We the are here truthers. to seek the truth. I like it. Ah, I like it, yeah. This is a great episode to have you on, then. Yeah, we are super excited for you to be on. We are going to today go over the theories on why and how and if the Jameson family disappeared. (laughs) So I'm excited. I am too. (laughs) I'm here to seek the truth. Okay. 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 Um, We will recap a little bit from episode 30. On October 7th, the Jameson family was planning to go and possibly potentially purchased a 40-acre plot of land off of the Paloma Mountains, which is about southeast of Eufaula, with the intention to, quote, live off the grid. They'd had some controversies, some rough trials at home in their personal lives, um, at school with Madison and with their neighbors where they lived. And so they really just wanted to kind of start over. So on October 7th of 2009, they pack up their truck they go and they are looking for this land they're looking for this land trying to decide if they want to buy it however they are very unfamiliar with this territory or this terrain it is all back roads dirt roads and they get lost they have to flag down a passerby and get directions on how to even get back to their home they get back to you follow with the plan that they're going to try again they contact their realtor the realtor's like let me just take you out there they really were adamant about going alone so the realtor gave them the gps coordinates i think that's so odd like that's so odd to me yeah, I mean, this is a part that they were completely, a part of the state, a part of land they were completely unfamiliar with. Yeah, especially when they got lost that first time. Right, I wouldn't be dead set on going back myself, but that's just me. So, the, on the morning of October 8th, surveillance cameras at the home pick up the family packing their truck. Very oddly, uh, family and investigators both agree that they seem very peculiar because they would take very small items to pack into the truck and took a god-awful amount of trips mm-hmm. just to simply pack a truck for a, quote, day trip or what everyone thought was just a day trip. And I think you could see them looking off into the distance. They seemed to be in a trance-like state. And so that was kind of a red flag for authorities when they were looking into this. Ava, did you watch the any videos or anything like that that you where you saw it? Yeah, I watched some of it, and it was very it's, weird, it's very and it's very weird. eerie to watch. Yeah, yeah. knowing and, that that's literally the last. Yeah, and it, it's so like they just will, will stand there and just stare yes. at each other, and they'll stare off, and they're like bringing out like they they have like this suitcase and like this briefcase that was a very important exactly 
later if you talked yeah. about that. Oh, yeah, we did. You it, talked about the briefcase. never recovered. It's yeah. never been recovered. Yeah, which we got some theories on that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they did that. Then they took off, and their GPS coordinates showed that they did make it to the location where the 40 acres was. They'd plugged in some other destinations, made it to the top of the mountain and some other hiking trails. And then it's almost like they disappeared into thin air. Eight days later, some hunters come in, locate, or find the family truck with the family dog inside, barely alive, starving to death. Um, But like I spoilered you all last week, uh, the dog did live. And I believe, I didn't mention this, I don't think, but I believe that the dog did live out the remainder of its life with Starlet, Bobby's mom. Well, that's good at least. Yes. So, of course, when they uncovered the truck and they started looking through it looking for evidence they found everyone's cell phones they found wallets they found an 11 page hate letter $32,000 of cash yeah that's just so odd cash we got some theories on that right (laughs) all of their coats food and snacks all was located in the locked truck so Right off the bat, authorities assume that the family is simply missing in the woods. A 300-plus person search party goes out and searches for days for this family. The terrain is really rough. There had been rain. There were cliffs. and But people were determined to find this family. Most of the people were just volunteers or people that lived in the area. They had drones and airplanes and horses and dogs. And Which, that shows a good sense of community, too, that oh, people, that many yeah. people were willing to come out and yeah. search for, for this family that they didn't even know. Exactly. So after several days of absolutely no evidence, you know, it was kind of called off, and the trail and the case really went cold. And then we fast forward to November of 2013. When a family of hunters is out scouting uh, deer runs, looking for deer paths that they had done every year for several years, and they quite literally stumble upon their remains. How scary, too. Like, what did you do this weekend? Oh, I found some dead bodies. Yeah. And this is this is really weird because they had so many cadaver dogs looking. Right. And they had hundreds of people. and. In forensics, we learn about how people, how the police will go and try to find uh, bodies or remains. And it's a very meticulous process. And they will literally get on their hands and knees and Mm -hmm. crawl on the ground in lines and formation to try to find evidence and bones. Like combing through everything. Exactly. And so in a 10-mile radius, them doing that and not finding it, and then four years later somebody just stumbling upon mm-hmm. it when mm-hmm. it was 2.7 miles away from right. their truck yes. right. is very odd to me. It's very suspicious. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And to think all of the sudden, I had mentioned in the last episode that they found bits of clothing and shoes among with the bones and the teeth. Something I also thought was, it's not so strange, but the bones were incomplete, which could be explained obviously by animals could have dragged them off. But um, there's also some theories behind why they were incomplete, Mm -hmm. of course. So, of course, the medical examiner at the time could not determine a cause of death, couldn't rule out really anything. And so this is one of those cases that the more evidence that police and authorities received, just the more theories. Yeah, I was going to bring that up because you had mentioned it 
last week that um, they would find some evidence, but it just kept leading to even more questions. It never eliminated questions. It only added more. Right. So I was going to go in, um, kind of start pointing out some things that started to draw flags to family members or to authorities, not family members, but authorities very early on. Well, I do have some questions oh, okay. for you. Okay. Do you want to ask them now or do you want to wait? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I guess if you think of a question or if you, if well, something I've, I'm talking about. Are you going to talk about his dad at all? Um, yes. I'll just wait till you talk about okay. his dad. Okay. So first and foremost, the person who seems to have been most involved in trying to solve this cold case is Nikki Sheenold. She was Sherilyn's best friend, and she was the one who ran most of the investigation, like the social media side of it, after the case was kind of closed when they found the bodies. Initially, when the family, of course, I told you last week that the family was never reported missing, but that that was typical to have no communication for weeks and days at a time and even months at a time. Well, once the family was determined to be missing, no reward was ever offered up for any information. And you would think that with the amount of money that was recovered, that maybe there might be some kind of incentive at least. Right. The money that was recovered from the truck was immediately handed over to Bobby's mom, Starlet. Well, that's interesting. I mentioned before that there were no warrants for the couples. Um, that they had planned to move out of, ver- of a very nice lakeside home to live on off the grid, off the grid, <laughs> in a on, storage unit, in a storage unit that she had decorated with some witchy words, words. <laughs> some, some witchy words. Yes, yes, yes. Something else that was never mentioned in the missing posters. I had mentioned it, but I didn't. I purposely kept this out of last week. I had mentioned that Sherilyn was a beautician. Yeah, I remember. Madison's hair was dyed in the picture, in the last picture. So her hair's not really blonde? Not that blonde, no. It was common for her hair to get dyed, but not to possibly this extent, they think. It was never, ever mentioned in the missing persons posters that her hair was not naturally that color. Weird. Yes. Um, A resident of the mountain, he claims to have seen fresh tire tracks leading away from their truck making one believe that they had gotten into another vehicle and left is this the same guy that said he didn't see anyone go up or down the it wasn't mentioned if it was or not it was just mentioned that someone had seen the truck that like that same day and had seen fresh tire marks prior to it raining and erasing that evidence Hmm. and of course i pointed out before that there were there's no shred of evidence stating that anything foul play had happened so we're gonna go into some of these theories because once authorities determined that those were their bodies that were found they just okay well close the case there wasn't really anything to go on that they needed to continue to post about um i did mention that Really, up until their bodies were found, that most authorities did believe that the family was still alive. In fact, as of 2012, authorities still believed them to be alive because all the evidence pointed to that they had simply just staged their own disappearance. 
they had walked away. So many bloggers and investigators collaborated this story, saying that there was just evidence and that people knew things and that if they really wanted to be found, then they would be found. And that family members were saying, just leave them alone. They don't want to be found. They've gone off places, which is fine. It's fine if that's what they wanted to do. But um, I think it was odd that the family might have been very easily or quickly to dismiss that and to believe that. Yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah. Because I just feel like maybe because of my mother, my mother would not be okay Mm -hmm. or my father would not be okay with me just deciding one day that I was going to go off the grid and take my family with me and never contact them again. My my parents would not be okay with that. Right. Well, like speaking for someone who lives with their parents, if I just ended up not showing up, I guarantee you they would be calling my brothers, anybody that knew me. Right. Probably you to see if you knew where I was. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, in fact, several of the family members absolutely believed that they had just started their life over in Mexico with different identities. Okay, here's another thing. She already had a son from a previous marriage. Mm -hmm. So why in the world would she just completely cut off any contact with that son? That's a good question. Exactly. Like, why would you choose one child over the other? Yeah. Well, she didn't. I don't think she had custody. Of she didn't. She didn't she have had custody, just, but she yeah, probably but she, still had contact. Yeah. yeah, she had just lost custody a couple months prior to that. Yeah, because the son reported that she was acting very oddly, or had been acting very oddly. Um, there's several, several theories that we can get into. First and foremost, we'll get into this first theory that says that the family simply got lost in the woods and died from hypothermia and exposure. It was mid-October when, early to mid-October, when they went missing. The temperatures can be definitely warm during the day, be colder at night. Um, In the days following their disappearance, the area where the Jamesons were last seen experienced heavy rains. Probably not rains, though, enough for them to cause their death. In fact, one um, local or investigator, I can't remember which one it was, said that, oh, yeah, this, like, this like gully filled with water but it literally filled with water that would have maybe only been shin high it wouldn't have been uh, rapid enough to even sweep anyone off their feet Mm, yeah so there's that and um the farmer's almanac this is from one of the websites that i had checked out it said a glance at the farmer's almanac for weather reports in that area at that time showed temperatures to of merely 40 degrees at the coldest So most likely, they probably wouldn't have suffered from hypothermia. It would have been cold, Mm -hmm. but not that cold. And just like Ava told us and reminded us, their bodies were only found 2.7 miles away from the truck. And it's hard for me to agree with this theory simply because they had been hiking that area all day. Well, and their jackets were in the car. Exactly. They had left the car there. They had been hiking on the mountain in that area all day and then all of a sudden they forgot where they were going to only be that close. Yeah, that's suspicious. All right. So there's that one. We have any, any questions on that, Ava? Yeah, I think I looked at the same uh, farmer's almanac that you mm-hmm. did and I I can understand this theory but also, I, f- I f- feel like I heard something about them having at least a little bit of experience being out in the wilderness. Like, just them buying 40 acres alone and living in a storage unit. My, you might think that they have 
a little bit of experience so. out in the yeah. wilderness. So yeah, and I guess in my mind, I'm like, well, I guess they did live on the lake. Technically, you would think that they would probably have that lake life experience at least. So there's that theory. The next theory I'm going to go over is that the Jameson's demise was a murder-suicide scenario. And this one held a lot of, I think, people's attention. And I think people really did buy into this one for a long time. They turned up that suspicious letter, that 11-page hate letter. Then, you know, it was written by Sherilyn to Bobby. She accused him of being a hermit. There was other... We had talked about her journals and stuff, so she had mentioned um, death in it, and um, even the sheriff, Sheriff uh, Beauchamp at the time, he stated that they were certainly a family obsessed with death. I mean, you have to think, like, they were going to their pastor asking for bullets to shoot a ghost. Yeah. Yeah. So. But I will say the extent of these letters, even though they were 11 pages long, she's just like, hey, man, you're a hermit. Right. But, like, I don't think that warrants her murder-suicide And I definitely thought, like, hate was a very strong word. For just being, like, you're a hermit. For being, like, and, like, there were some of them, like, some of her journal entries, like, oh, he's just a monster. Well, you know, you can get mad at your spouse and call him a monster. Well, and this is also coming from someone who wasn't consistently taking her medication. She was suffering a lot of times, and probably more often than not, from her mental illnesses. So you just know no telling. Sherilyn's mother, I don't think, ever bought into this murder-suicide because she was very adamant at saying that they were both very good parents, that they would have never hurt their child, let alone would they have hurt each other. In fact, she stated that, I've said from the very beginning, I think somebody killed them. There's just no way that Bobby and Sherilyn would ever let anything happen to Madison unless something had been done to them. Well, if it was a murder-suicide, why in the world did they bring $32,000 in their dog? That's a good question. And then leave it in the car. Right. And furthermore, if it was a murder-suicide, because people are suspecting that it would have been Sherilyn who shot both Madison and Bobby and then shot herself, I don't know why it was her over Bobby, maybe because of her mental illness. But remember that twenty-two caliber pistol that she owned? Was it missing. was never found. Yeah. And if she would have killed herself... Could she, she can't hide her pistol after she kills herself. Well, furthermore, why weren't there bodies found if it was 2.7 miles away from the car? Exactly, because you can't hide your body, your own body. She could have hid, you know, her husband and her daughter's body. Right. She couldn't have hid her own body, though. I, it's just weird. It's, that's just one that I just don't know sticks very well. I agree. Either. Another theory is that the Jamesons were murdered by Bobby Jameson Sr., that 67-year-old father of Bobby. I'm glad you brought him up. Okay, good. Bob Dean. Yeah, Bobby Dean. <laughs> Which I was listening to another podcast over this, and they were saying, like, the names of these people could not have gotten any more Oklahoman. Mm-hmm. So remember in earlier in 2009, it's approximately, I guess, about six months before the family had disappeared, Bobby had filed that protective order against his father because his father had threatened to run him over with a car and had threatened death yeah. on his daughter and wife. So this is where I have questions. Do you okay. mind if I jump in? Okay, yeah. Okay, so I got to thinking about that. Okay. And did you ever mention, I can't remember, was Bobby, did Bobby Jr. and Bobby Sr. always have kind of like a tumultuous relationship? Or it was, never was said it something that, they... that just kind of cropped up? It was nothing that said that they always did. It was stated that Bobby Sr. was always kind of rough and that 
several family members often had issue with him. So it, well, he was just, he seems like he was maybe a very volatile man. Do you think it um, was further pushed maybe when Bobby Jr. went to sue his oh, parents absolutely. for half the gas station? Absolutely. I think absolutely. Absolutely. So allegedly, uh, Bob Sr. had threatened to kill Bobby and his family in two separate occasions in November of 2008 and then again in April of 2009. Bobby never detailed how his father had made those threats. Um, he did write that Bobby Sr. had hit him with a car, and I think that was collaborated by other family members that he had been hit by a car. But I don't know that it was in a manner that would have been, I don't know, like he didn't cause him a real injury. Was this before or after the car wreck that he was in that? Oh, after that, his, his original out. car wreck was in like 2003. Bobby Jr. did allege, accuse Bobby Sr. of being a very dangerous man who thinks that he is above the law and that he had been involved with prostitutes, gangs, and meth. Part of me wonders, though, like how much of this isn't just bad blood between the two and mm. you're just spitting out right. accusations. Right. So furthermore, Bobby kind of stated in his petition, my entire family is severely scared of the, for their lives. I am in fear at all times. Several testimonies were given, but the judge ended up in the end dismissing the protective order May 18th of 2009. Jump in any time, Ava. And, this well, is all true. <laughs> thank you. And uh, Bobby Jr., of course, at this exact same time, is in that process of suing his parents for that $10,000 for the... Um, his portion That's of the it? gas station. Yeah. Was this before or after yeah. their divorce? After. After. But because they owned it together, mm -hmm. they still had it together. It was stated that Bobby and Sherilyn had been described as scammers by former Sheriff Beauchamp. And they had also previously sued three other people back in 2005 because of that car accident. Jack Jameson, Bobby Sr.'s brother... And Bobby Jr.'s uncle, a lot of Bobbies here, yeah. um, claimed that Bob Sr. was disturbed, was a disturbed man. And uh, his brother did say that he was pretty sure that he was not capable of being involved in that. And actually, in fact, in December of 2009, Bob Sr. passed away. At the time of the murder, he was in a nursing home. Does it mm. mean that he couldn't have Weird. had? Didn't does it mean that he couldn't have had someone else? Someone else? No, because do it? I heard no that allegedly. <laughs> allegedly Bob Dean was involved with the Mexican cartel. Okay, and I'm gonna get into yeah. that too. That mm. that big theory right there. <laughs> I'm gonna get into that big All theory. Right. All right, this is another one that we. Um, I think this next one. It's probably my favorite one. <laughs> we clearly read the same. The same no, one. yeah, we have. Um, so, and it really kind of, it's on track for what Jess and I have really been covering lately or what we just finished covering on the Sirens podcast leading up to the big satanic panic of the 70s and 80s. Guys, um, I did a whole speech over that speech and debate. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I just want you guys to know I that. I love that. The Jamesons were murdered by a cult. Everybody likes a good cult story, I guess. Yeah, I mean, why not? This is what Sherilyn's mother 
believes. She believes that a religious cult in southeastern Oklahoma hunted her family down and killed them. She says that this was, you know, they had consulted the Satanic Bible and that they had gotten it from this cult. They had kind of started to talk with them and kind of find out, fill them out to see what that was all about. Although at the same time, they were reported to be attending a church in Eufaula as well because they were consulting a pastor at the same time. Right. So um, according to the mother, the cult had a hit list. Whose it, mother is this? Charlene's. Or Charlene. 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 Oh, jeez. <laughs> Charlene's mother believed that Charlene was on this cult hit list. Got it. I don't know where she got her information from, but the investigation discovery special that was on, that was that Lost in Paradise episode. I need to watch um, that. I Yeah, it's good. Even Sherilyn's sister said that she received, not sister, her best friend, sorry, received a phone call from an anonymous woman. And this woman repeatedly told Nikki that she had once been in a white supremacy group that kept a book containing a list of people who had been problems to them. Sometimes, this woman claimed, if she could remember one of the names she had seen, she'd go home and look them up on the internet. This had led... Her to multiple missing person cases, including Sherilyn and Bobby Jameson. Nikki wasn't sure what to make of this caller. Hmm. So there's just that. In 1993, there was an article in the Daily Oklahoman that stated that a few cults had sprung up around eastern Oklahoma. U.S. Marshal James Webb at the time, he said, There hasn't been any activity, though, in a couple of years. And it had been suggested that the Jamesons were into witchcraft. Obviously, Sherilyn was claiming to be a witch. I don't know if she was really a witch, if she was just in a lot of speculation that she was just claiming to be a witch to annoy her neighbors. Yeah, and which because I think she is had funny so many cats. The but the witch Bible was reportedly found at the Jameson home. Um, Nikki claims that. Sherilyn had bought it just to, as a joke. So they had a satanic Bible. They had a witchcraft, witch, yes, witchcraft Bible. Yes. yes. Interesting. Yes. And so, you well, know, wait, wait, wait. Did they find the satanic Bible when they were doing the investigation? I don't know. It never said it. They found the satanic Bible. I know the pastor had said that Bobby admitted that they had been consulting it in order to find ways to get rid of the spirits. Okay. This added to that people thought it was very mysterious, the graffiti that was all over the metal shipping container that they were supposed to move themselves into later. One of the lines read, three cats killed to date by people in this area, witches don't like their black cats killed. But then, you know, if you read on it some more, one of the quotes was like, God is only the one that can judge and, and you know, God doesn't like gossips and stuff like that. So it's very, I, I, I don't know. That's don't, not the only thing they put on there oh what i mean they, i haven't seen all no, of no, no, like that okay. the quote about the killing the cats was yeah. not the only thing oh was what on else there. was on there there was the god stuff oh yeah 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 so it's just it's very strange and um i don't know that, that's another theory that i just i don't that's kind of a yeah i have this special juicy quote oh okay let's from sherilyn's mom let's i don't know if it. you have this quote too okay but it says she her mom talking about her she became very illogical one day she drove me to oklahoma city and dropped me off on the street and she told me to quote get dot 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 out of my car so i did 
<laughs> oh my god. So they made it to Oklahoma City, and she just randomly dropped her. Yeah, her mom. I guess. Out. I guess she was like, "Get out of my car," and she was like, "All right, I'm getting out of your car." That's Interesting. See you later. But oh. yeah, this is pre Uber, so. <laughs> <laughs> The main evidence of this strange behavior was that the aforementioned security tapes that we went over of just where the Jamesons were very trance-like in their appearance. They had, you know, they had reported that they had two to four ghosts in the house at any given time. They wanted special bullets, but then at the same time, a lot of people claim that Sherilyn and Madison didn't have a problem with yeah, the they, spirits. Yeah, they didn't like Bobby. Yeah, they just didn't like Bobby. And so even Madison would talk to the spirit children that were present at the house. I, they, I don't think, here, I don't think they were actually spirit children. I think this girl, this five-year-old or six-year-old girl just had imaginary friends. Because they never said, oh, she had, she was talking to the spirits. They were just like, oh, Madison started talking to imaginary friends. Right, right. Well, and especially like at that age, what kid didn't have an imaginary yeah. friend? Exactly. But Nikki said she was like there are, that house is definitely haunted so interesting yeah oh my goodness so this one this is one this next one i'm gonna go over Whew. it has a lot of credence i'm not a hundred percent sure if i buy completely into it is this the one that you lean towards the most I don't know yet. I don't know. It's hard to say because, like, I mean, they all really do hold some some sliver of truth in them. Yeah. Most of the people do believe that drugs were involved somehow, although investigators never found any evidence of drug usage, drug paraphernalia in the house, in the truck, anywhere. But all of the strange behavior that the family was going through kind of leads you to believe that there wasn't something, something wasn't right. Yeah, sure. and I think they also had people spreading rumors or talking oh, about yes, yes. them potentially being involved with either right. drug use or drug dealing yes. before they went missing. And so in May of 2010, Sherilyn's mother, she did not believe that drugs were involved. She just simply said that the family was having financial difficulties and so her and yet peers, they had thirty two thousand dollars in the car. That's the biggest. I think question that's my biggest hang up. And right. do we know what was in that briefcase? Could have been more money. No one ever said it. No one knows. No one knows. <laughs> and it was never recovered. So we don't. I mean, here we go. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Could have been some more cash. It could have been thirty two thousand more dollars. I don't yeah. know. So this is pure speculation, but there was thirty two thousand dollars. Did a drug deal happen? But then why was the money left and the people disappeared? Was the drugs in the briefcase? Nope. Oh, yeah. Was the drugs? Well, but there was no. I guess what most people believe is that if you are making or distributing drugs, you're going to leave some sort of evidence behind that you had it. Unless they got it from someone else. Unless they thought they were. In the briefcase. Unless they knew they weren't coming back. And so they cleaned the home from head to toe. So no evidence was found. So police also started to think that drugs possibly were involved because they watched those surveillance videos and they look weird. I mean, you know, I don't want to say they looked cracked out, but they kind of look. I they mean, they looked, didn't look right. They didn't look like they were not under the influence of something. 
of course, there was no evidence to back up this theory, and but we could we couldn't we couldn't rule that out. Something that um, a lot of people pointed out too that if they were doing drug deals, would they have taken their six year old child with them? Yeah. I don't know a lot about drug deals. Me neither. But I feel like that's a little bit weird. But I feel like that's very strange to take your children with you while you are making drug deals. Especially if there's a chance of something happening. Exactly. Which there would be because it's a drug deal. Exactly. So another odd thing that happened around this same time, in fact, about two days after the family was last seen alive or on those surveillance cameras, there was an enormous drug bust in Oklahoma City um, containing a lot from the cartel. This cartel family was called La Familia and it is a Mexican cartel and at the time it may still be, I'm not familiar with cartels in Mexico, but at the time it was one of, if not the most powerful cartel in Mexico, but it was one of the very 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 powerful ones and there was a huge drug bust in Oklahoma City And these people used Oklahoma as a halfway point between the East Coast and the West Coast. And because I-40 runs the length of the country, truckers, travelers were very easy. It was very easy for them to get on the interstate to load up with their drugs from Oklahoma and and to go their ways. So somehow... It was tied in that there was a possibility that the Jamesons somehow could have either been involved or suddenly become informants because they heard something, they saw something, they said something. And I know that's one of my big things. If you see something, say something. But in this instance, it is possible... I don't know that it's possible. I mean, this it's been alleged that it is possible that they heard something, they saw something, they knew something, and they turned informant to the FBI. In which case, the FBI assisted them in, quote, disappearing. Where the FBI put them into the witness protection program, and then two days later, this whole drug bust comes down. So, my thought is, if that is true, then these partial remains that were found because I'm not 100% sure how they positively identified them as the Jamesons concerning they were partial. Mm -hmm. It's never said that they had full dental records. I mean, I suppose you could probably still get DNA out of bones, but I don't know how long it takes before that starts to deteriorate. Yeah, and it's really hard because when you have DNA from bones, you can get the DNA from the bone marrow, but that only gives you the mom's, the maternal right. side. Right. And given that the bones were so, it had been four years. It had been four years. If they, they had been in that area for four years, I don't see how it, you could have yeah. even gotten anything off of it. Because in my mind, bugs, plants, the elements have started to eat away at that. And so, this is me going out on a limb. I read this on Reddit pages. The FBI could have walked into that medical examiner's office and said, these are their bones. And that's what you're going to say. I mean. FBI. (laughs) Sounds like something they might do. If they were in. Maybe that means that they're living happy lives. Exactly. Living happy lives. Maybe they're happy, healthy, 
doing their thing, vibing, right? Maybe they're listening to this podcast. Right. right and if you are, good for you. Yeah, I am we're glad so that happy. this worked out for you. But is that what happened? I don't know. I think it is. I don't, part of me is like it's just as plausible as all the other ones. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It really is. So those are my theories that I covered. I don't know. I think I think I covered all of them. I tried to cover all of them. I tried to write them all down as people were talking mm-hmm. in documentaries and on other podcasts. So do you guys have any questions or theories of your own that you want to talk about? I mean – I hadn't really heard about this FBI theory, but now that you're saying it, it makes a lot of sense. And I really want it to be true because I really want these people to be alive right. and healthy right. and prosperous in their life and not have to worry about everything that they were worrying about previously. Exactly. And I think that obviously mental health had a lot to do with this I with agree. Sherilyn. Right. Yeah. And having, I guess, her set that, um her being around or having these mental episodes and with her losing custody of her child um really could have swayed towards some other theories like with the drug use with the cult stuff and her getting involved Mm -hmm. with white supremacist cults maybe she was just going through more mental episodes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. i think that i think the drug use theory is plausible yeah because of where do you get that $32,000 in cash i mean yeah. i think probably yeah. that is the most plausible to me mm-hmm. um i don't think they were murdered by a cult i don't think they but were also either. i don't really know how prevalent the cults are here i don't either um i think it's i th- also that anonymous call that was made to nikki like, people make calls all oh, the time sure. involving this. But also, that's a little bit weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, people want their, like, 15 minutes of fame. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. But and it when... just got, like, it was right after that uh, show had aired. Exactly. So. One thing I want to bring up, too. What about that guy that showed up on the videos that nobody knows who he is? There's a guy on the videos? Yes. Okay, so, in the video, if you watch, you see Sherilyn and Bobby... At one point in the video, a man in a brown jacket all of a sudden appears on the screen. It's almost like like he just walks up from the driveway, kind of, and his gait and his size is different from Bobby's. And, of course, he's wearing something different that Bobby didn't have on earlier. That doesn't mean he couldn't have changed So he's, like, bigger than Bobby? Yeah, and it looked like he was a bit taller, but the way he walked didn't match the same way that Bobby had been walking. So it's not Bobby. Most... People believe it was not Bobby. That's really weird. I don't like that. <laughs> right? That makes me scared. Where did that guy come from? Yeah. Yeah. Who was he? Because nobody right. knows. Because I feel like if it was a neighbor, a neighbor would have come forward and be like, oh, that's me because they were making a ton of racket or their cat was in my yard again and my dog And I had it. to kill it. <laughs> right. <laughs> and they spray painted it again and on the storage unit. Again. So, yeah, that's kind of how that's the Jameson family disappearance. Did you have any other theories that Tip didn't have? No, actually, all of the theories that you had were in the exact same order that <laughs> I had in my notes, and you had the same stuff. Right. Dang. Right. See, you did the same research that yeah. I did. That's great. That's great. You just didn't watch all the same things I, I watched. <laughs> See, my problem is when I go down a rabbit hole, I go way far down into the rabbit hole and 
then get myself lost. That's okay. Exactly, exactly. But yeah, other than that, Ava, thank you so much for being on. I'm so happy that I was invited. I loved having your input. The next time we have one, very soon. Oh, yeah, invite me. You have to come. No, invite me. For sure. I'll be here. That is awesome. Uh, Just just pointed out that we are up to 398 followers on Facebook. So two more. Two away. We're two away from doing a drawing. We're so excited. Please, please, please. Several people have shared our podcast lately, so I have a feeling it's going to go up over the weekend. I hope so. So there's that. Who doesn't want a free book? I know, for real. We have had several people reach out in the last two days about show requests. So if you have your own show request or idea, please, please make sure that you, we just want you to know that you are more than welcome to reach out at us on any of our socials or on our email. We are the actual people who interact with you. And I think that sometimes is surprising when it's like the actual person behind the mic is talking to you. <laughs> yeah, we've and got it really a few is, comments like that. It really is, and I love it. And um, we just want you guys to feel like you're a part of this. So please make sure that you are following us on Instagram at Curious Cousins OK, following us on Facebook at Curious Cousins OK Podcast, or emailing us at CuriousCousins at gmail.com. We are on all major podcast streaming platforms, including Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and Google. And we would love for you to like and review our podcast yes those help they do they are great we also breaking a news breaking news <laughs> are starting a patreon oh, i was like what news <laughs> <laughs> there's currently a waiting list that you can join if you are interested we only have one tier at the time it is five dollars when our patreon goes live you will be guaranteed one to two extra episodes a month this includes exclusive Ava. Oh, sure. Yes, yes, yes. You are you are guaranteed blooper reels. Oh, no. You are guaranteed live chats. You are also guaranteed the future merch. We don't know when that's coming, but I feel like it's coming. <laughs> Sometime in the future. Sometime in the future, yes. So we are doing that. It will also be ad-free because we are starting to have some people start rolling in ideas for ads and so we are probably going to start putting those in as well so if you're interested it's five dollars a month on patreon it has not started yet so don't go there yet jess and i have been talking and our bonus episodes on patreon are not going to be about the state of oklahoma they are going to be about big nation or worldwide cases so think about the bundy's now, don't feel like, don't be pressured into this. No, 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 like, no, no, no. If you feel like it's something you want to do, we are more than grateful. Exactly. If not, we still love you anyway. Exactly. So we're just telling you that we are starting one just to fill it out for a little while. So other than that, I think that's everything this week. Ava, thank you again. Ava, for... thank you so Thanks much. Thanks for having me. It's we been loved fun. It. It Can't has... wait to come back. Thank Definitely. you. Definitely. Yes, please. So Jess, tell them what to keep it. Keep it kooky and spooky. Bye.